0: Whoa! Over fifty thousand downloads. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast. Oh yeah, it's episode fifty-seven. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now your host, Kristen Trumpy. Hey, hello and welcome. It's been a while and I'm sorry for that. Today we're going to talk about authentic leadership and it's based on the work by Fred Luthans or Luthans, depending on whether he's German or not, and Bruce Avolio. Before we get into the research bit though, I would like to tell you a story. In 2006, a guy named Fabio Chavez joined a Recycling program in Cateura in Paraguay, which is one of the country's biggest landfills or dumps. Uh, Gancheros are people who go through the garbage to retrieve recyclable materials, which they can sell. So when Fabio Chavez was trying to clean up that dump using the methods he learned as an environmental engineer... He came across a lot of gancheros, and the thing that troubled him about them was that their children didn't have any chance to learn any other job. They had no perspective, and it was kind of clear from the beginning that all they could hope for was to become a ganchero themselves. Nothing else could be offered to them. And the project actually didn't go as well as he hoped which made him think about other ways to make an impact in the community and fabio chavez had this idea to start offering free music classes because he had been playing some instruments before himself and he knew how transformational the practice of music can be the problem was that the instruments were too expensive and even if these children could have afforded them which None of them could, but even if they could have, they would have been immediately robbed because people around there, they steal stuff in order to get money for drugs and stuff. And I'm not, I don't mean to, you know, say that that's what Paraguayans do or something, but just in that community, that's basically how it works. If something, if anybody has something of value, it will be basically stolen and sold for drugs. Enter Nicolás Gómez, who picked up carpeting skills before working as a ganchero himself. So, Nicolás, who is called Cola, and um, Fabio, they start talking about this. And they come up with the idea to try to build a violin from the materials found in the landfill. They use oil tin cans, forks, bottle caps, and whatever else they could find. They test the instruments and see that they work surprisingly well, so they start building other instruments commonly found in orchestras all over the world. Violins, cellos, flutes, guitars, trumpets, just to name a few. Without a proper room to practice, they sometimes have to practice outside, very close to the garbage dump actually. And at first it's hard because while some Parents are enthusiastic and see the potential that music lessons can offer their children. Other parents can barely be tracked down because they can't afford to live with their kids. And they need the parents' permission to teach them music. So things are a bit complicated when they start out. But they they get going. They practice regularly. And after a few months, maybe even a year or two, they get their first chance to play locally. So they do this and they they are called the Recycled Orchestra, which is kind of cool. And they practice more and more and more. They start getting even better and getting more gigs. And eventually sometime someone makes a video of them and puts it on YouTube. And things explode from there. They had their first they then go on to have their first international event in Brazil. And for those kids, it was the first time that they could leave Catayura, their country, Paraguay. That it was the first time that they sat in a plane and it was the first time in all of their lives that they could see the ocean. Things that, chances are, if you've listened to this podcast, you've done all of these things. Leave your country, sat on an airplane, been to the been to the ocean. But these kids, they didn't have any of that. They end up being so successful that they can tour the world and they end up playing alongside metal band Megadeth, which I didn't know because I don't know anything about metal. It's a bit too loud for me. And Metallica, which I do know about, even though same there. This did not happen because it was someone's job to make it happen. That's the important part of the story. It happened because several people decided to be leaders without being told to be leaders, without having any formal authority to be leaders. It starts, of course, with Fabio Chavez, who started it all, but also with the carpenter. He could have just been quiet, you know, he could have kept his carpeting skills to himself and nobody would have been any the wiser. And same with the kids who were the first kids in that community to ever learn an instrument. Because that's not just a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, but it's also challenging. And I'm sure they had some issues, maybe even at home with their parents and things like that. So all of them took it upon themselves to be leaders. So how does this extraordinary form of leadership happen? What kind of conditions should exist and what kind of qualities do authentic leaders develop to truly reach these transformational results, like these folks from the Recycle Orchestra did? Leadership is usually researched in the context of work. However, anyone can be a leader, regardless of position. Even if you have never wanted to be in some formal leadership position, paying attention to these things makes sense. Because whether you're a manager in a large organization, or let's say the head of a family, you could be the member of a volunteering team or any other group where people come together. Economic uncertainty and increased pressure has led to many people losing confidence in themselves and a lack of hope that the future can be better. Developing yourself as a leader is not about your next career move necessarily, although of course... Developing these qualities that we will talk about will probably also help your career if that's what you want. Leadership is needed whenever anything major happens in life. When somebody is born or dies, when you or a relative are faced with a life-threatening illness or respond to something that has happened in your community. But what does authentic mean? Authenticity is about being true to your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs and acting in line with them. Unlike Past. we can't preach one thing and do another nowadays or it will be publicized very quickly of course we can do these things but we will look really bad in other words authenticity is not a nice to have anymore but necessary if we want to have any reputation and be a leader of any sorts whatsoever and without Authentic leaders, chances are that self interest will be front and center, while interest of other groups will be ignored. And that's what we unfortunately see in a lot of places. And that illustrates what I'll be saying throughout this episode. There are a lot of people who are in former they're supposed to be leaders. They have formal leadership roles, but they don't display leadership. And that's why we sometimes see that self-interest comes above everything else. And authentic leadership is really about something else. It's about accessing positive qualities and building an organization that prizes self-development. Such an organization values self-awareness and self-regulated positive behaviors. But at the same time, this kind of organization understands that if they want this to be the dominating culture, it has to start with top management. Now, this doesn't mean that you as an individual have to wait until management does something so you can do something. No, you can be a leader anytime and anywhere. It doesn't matter even if there are leaders already. It doesn't hurt if you're one too, unless that ends up in fights, but that's another topic. However, top management needs to get on board if they themselves want to spread transformational leadership in the company. So... What are the benefits? Like, why would we even bother to do this? Why would we bother with authentic leadership? Well, high hope bosses have higher performing teams. High hope bosses have more satisfied teams. Authentic leaders have lower employee turnover. And in a time when every dollar counts, I think it's really super strange that people... Don't take into account how much it costs to hire new people, to train them if they are trained at all, and then to see them go and replace them and start the thing all over again. It's so expensive to do that, yet we usually do just that. And that's a huge money waster. That usually doesn't happen that often if authentic leaders are in charge. The employees of optimistic leaders work harder, they're happier more motivated, and authentic leaders help their team to make more challenging plans. They help them to remain persistent when things get tough. And because optimistic leaders see problems as temporary instead of durable, they're more upbeat and lively in general. What are the qualities? If you think like, yes, I want to become an authentic leader, what are the qualities that you should display? Well, confidence, optimism, Hope, resilience, transparency, future orientation, moral and ethical behavior, huge focus on developing others to become leaders as well. And it's important that you act in line with your personal truth and refrain from coercing or persuading and instead lead by example. All of these qualities are important, however, I would like to emphasize two of them, confidence and resilience. Confidence means that someone is sure that her motivation, intelligence, and behavior is sufficient to get a specific task done. This kind of confidence has positive effects because people are more likely to accept a challenge if they feel able to do it. They will put in more effort, again, because they think they will reach their goal, so it's worth it to put in the effort. They have higher levels of motivation and if something happens, they're more likely to persist because, again, they really believe that they have all it takes to achieve this. Resilience, on the other hand, is the ability to bounce back from hardship, failure, conflict, uncertainty, or even changes which are positive but challenging, such as promotions or increased responsibility. Resilience includes the ability to accept reality, to keep The meaning of life and focus despite challenges, which sounds a bit grandiose maybe, but actually all it means is that you keep the big picture in mind. You don't instantly lose your motivation to keep going just because of a few little setbacks. You remember why you're doing what you're doing. And resilience also includes the ability to improvise and adapt to change. If you would like to develop resilience, you can do this by preventing and reducing certain risks and stressors, increasing positive resources, improving the quality of existing positive resources, which means that let's say you have a lot of good connections. But by improving the quality, you would make those connections really great. You would really invest a lot of time and energy to make good quality connections into, to turn good quality connections into high quality connections. And resilience can also be developed by including helpful coping mechanisms in existing processes. And this is really important because the first point, preventing and reducing risks and stressors, that's never enough. If you do only that, you basically just run away, and that's not resilience, that's just cowardice. No company will always have these kind of experiences happening to them, right? Well, there are two things to say here. Leaders don't necessarily have to develop these qualities in the exact place where they're needed. So, if the workplace is a hostile place, you can still develop certain qualities which are needed as a leader, outside of the context of work. And number two, with the right mindset and training, even negative events can be used to spur positive development. This interest, I mean, it's really central through, it shines through the whole authentic leadership literature, is this interest and concern for others. And this can be cultivated in interesting ways and this underlines what I just said before that we don't necessarily have to develop the qualities that we need in the context that we need them. So what do I mean by this? An interest and concern for others can be cultivated by changing careers voluntarily. So if you decide for example that you want to do something completely different chances are you will experience a very different reality in a, in a new job and that might make you think about others a bit more. It can also be as simple as taking up a new and different project, or meeting someone who challenges your worldview. It could also mean that you experience completely different cultures, let's say through travel, and working with new people who introduce you to novel direction that you want to take at work. And sometimes even just reading a book can really have an impact on your philosophy about how life or business should work. Now, how does an authentic leader lead? Remember, this can be anywhere from the office to your family. An authentic leader understands where he comes from himself, what, how his experiences or her experiences have shaped him or her, And this leads to deeper self-awareness, which is really important. Authentic leaders are able to be guided and act in line with their values because the vision and the goals are more important than pure self-interest. If there is no self-awareness, you don't know which values to turn to. And that's why self-awareness is important. Authentic leaders ensure that their values and actions match. And if there's a gap, they attempt to fix it. So they don't just talk about things which should be done, but they actually do them themselves over and over and over again. By developing their moral understanding and decision-making abilities, these authentic leaders can see issues from different perspectives and make decisions based on that knowledge without being perceived as being an opportunist. A leader needs to understand that more is at stake than simply the sum of everything that people want. Instead, it's always about the long-term development of relationships and skills. So that means that even if, let's say, your whole team, they want something, and in general, you might really genuinely want to help them get that, but sometimes they might not be seeing something that's important in the long term. And in that case... The leader needs to be able to make the right decision. Authentic leaders prioritize values, which in turn prioritize the people this leader serves. If you're the leader of your family, this means you emphasize values, which ensure that your family does well. Furthermore, authentic leaders... Know their vulnerable spots and discuss them with others to ensure that they nevertheless take the right direction and make the right decisions. And this is not about being dumb. This is not about going to the very person who has tried to undermine you and, you know, win promotions over you and stuff and share with them your vulnerabilities. It's not about being dumb that way. It means that you're simply comfortable to share these vulnerabilities with someone who has your best interest at heart and is able to think about how this could influence your decisions and point out to you in case they feel you're heading in the wrong direction sometimes the team faces some risky situation or some uncertainty and in these cases authentic leaders always go first And they go first while displaying hope, resilience, and optimism. Walking the talk is so much more effective to inspire people to follow in your footsteps than if you try coercing them or persuading them. Those things usually don't work, and if they work, it's only for the short term. Authentic leaders develop other people's leadership skills. So it's not just an afterthought like, oh, yeah, after all the daily business is done, we can see if we can send you to one or two courses a year. No, it really means that authentic leaders take the development of their people as equally important as whatever task is at hand. Now, not all of these points that I made might be applicable to you. If you want to become a leader or become a better leader, However, I hope regardless of the context that you are operating in, that this episode has helped to spark a few ideas and possible action items. Now, I would like to thank you guys for lo- loyally downloading episodes despite me going off schedule in the last couple of weeks. I don't want to make any promises. I sincerely want to get back to the weekly rhythm, but at this moment, I don't feel me comfortable making promises, but I can assure you that I still love this podcast as much as I always have. So this is really not going anywhere. It's just, I have to balance certain things out. Let's put it that way. Secondly, I would like to read a review that Mohammed made on Stitcher, and this was already in September, but unfortunately, I only saw it a a couple of weeks later, and in the last episodes, I didn't think of it. So in the last one with Nathaniel Boyle, I forgot about it. So Mohammed says, "This is one of my favorite shows. Kristen is talented in simplifying science. It is clear that she loves what she is doing and putting much effort into always talking fluently and very well choosing her words. My only complaint is that the audio quality is not doing your voice any justice. That said, I've heard other personal podcasts that suffered from much worse audio problems that made them unhearable. This is not the case here at all. I just love to hear your voice in a higher quality bitrate. I believe you did very well introducing the newly emerging positive psychology to the masses and I wish you continuous success. Thank you very much, Muhammad. I hope you're still listening. I think you're a bit of an expert because I have no idea what a bitrate is. I do think a new microphone is in the cards for next year, for 2016. However, I'm a bit shy about it because the thing is, I don't want to just get a microphone and then find out that it doesn't work. And I don't have here readily available a shop where I can just go and plug in microphones into my computer and try them out. Although, actually, that's probably exactly what I should do now that I'm thinking of it. Well, I have to give it a think, but definitely since I want to do other audio products in the future as well, a better microphone is definitely a need. So, it's on my priority list. Please, um, yeah, just bear with me a little bit longer. And I hope the audio quality is still acceptable to all of you. Okay, so take care and have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us out by sharing it with your network and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love to hear from you at kristen@strengthphoenix.com. at strengthphoenix.com. For show notes and more, head over to www.strengthsphoenix.com. Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yoghurt.